Welcome in to the Lion's Den. I'm Tom Hackett alongside Spencer the Gov Warn. Uh, no Maddie Gash, no Taryn Meyer this week. They're uh, they're busy people, my friends. Look, a uh, bit to talk about. RSL beating the Rapids at the death. Uh, I want to get into some conversations, Fenno, about Carl Beckerman and mm-hmm. uh, and his play, I guess, and the supporters. I think we had an interesting conversation last week at the supporters. There's more news on that that's uh, probably worth mm-hmm. sharing. Of course, stuff that we're allowed to share. Um, look ahead to Portland and the rest of the season. Seven games left, three at home, four on the road. And, uh, boy, is the Western Conference getting tight. It's... Uh, there's three points, so one win, essentially, separating RSL, who are in a tie for second with 43 points, and the seventh-placed somebody, I think it might be FC Dallas, that's in seventh right uh, now. Portland. Portland's in eighth. Oh, oh yes. So then, uh, well, FC Dallas pumped Houston 5-1 yesterday. So, right. Um, just so everybody knows, neither of us have a laptop. Right. Mine's not been ordered yet so you actually don't have one and i left mine downstairs because i didn't want to bring it up um i think that's what's what's gone on um but i'll quickly as we are word dragging and and making things a lot longer and elongating our words uh, pull up the western conference yes dallas is in uh uh, seventh place 40 points uh, a point below san jose and two points below minnesota they have, however... What's uh, Portland in? Uh, they are eighth. You were quite correct. But how many points? 37, but okay. they have two games in hand over that FC Dallas. So they've only, play, only played 26 games so far. So it's going to be a real scrap when you think about it. Um, Sporting Kansas City aren't out of it yet. Um, you're assuming after Houston got absolutely pumped 5-1 by... Uh, FC Dallas, that they, uh, Houston, Colorado, Vancouver, let's just kind of eliminate them right now, even though it's mathematically not impossible. But Sporting Kansas City, unlikely, but they are there or thereabouts on 34 points. But really, it's going to be all of us and Portland. Um, Dallas, San Jose, Minnesota, LA Galaxy, um, uh, Seattle, RSL, and LAFC. Uh, if anybody watched the uh, the LA Derby uh, yesterday, fantastic uh, game. That was nuts. Fantastic. Game. And and uh, yeah, it's just a great advert for um, for Major League Soccer. To be honest with you, so um, yeah, but it's so tight. I mean, you can look at the table. I mean, from in the playoffs right now, um, below LAFC, who are already qualified for the for the next round of the playoffs. But from RSL to Dallas, second through seventh uh, is separated by three points. One win. It's quite, nuts. It is crazy. Quite remarkable. You get um, uh, Portland, who, again, just three points out of the playoffs, but two games in hand. This is going to go down to the wire. Um, enjoy it while we can, though. Enjoy it while we can as we sit uh, in second position. Yeah, I was going to say RSL in a very, very good position uh, as it stands right now. Uh, coming off a 2-0 victory over the Colorado Rapids, they lifted their 11th Rocky Mountain Cup in just 13 seasons. So um, really, really impressive, the the history that RSL's been able to have over the Rapids, their supposed rival, I guess, although Sporting Kansas City, to me, feels more like a rival 
than the Colorado Rapids do. But that can obviously change. I, I, I did think, and Spen, I'd love to hear your thoughts, obviously. This Rapids team w- was very good. Mm-hmm. Um, they espe- really are. Especially when you compare them to kind of past Rapids teams that have coming in out to Rio Tinto over the last handful of years. Yeah, I mean, this offseason, they, they made some great uh, acquisitions. Um, it, the coach didn't work out, um, Anthony Hudson, which I think love. was a message. Yeah. Um, moving swiftly on, Connor Casey comes in as a as a uh, an interim. Um, he's just been replaced as yes. of yesterday. Former RSL uh, assistant Robin Fraser coming back uh, to Colorado to be the head coach. How it's taken this long for him to get another head coaching job after the debacle that was Chivas USA. You shouldn't judge anyone. Uh, you know, after what happened at Chivas USA. But anyway, he's got an opportunity now. He's been a great assistant coach uh, over in New York and uh, then in uh, Toronto, um, who were very dominant uh, for a couple of seasons ago. Um, but this team has been, I mean, Kai Kamara, Diego Rubio, I mean, Kellen Acosta, Jack Price, you know, Tim Howard is Tim Howard. You can talk crap on him if you want. But he has been a great American goalkeeper uh, past it and rightly retiring um, will free up even more money. I think he's on like 1.7 million or whatever. He'll go straight into the media. He's already doing stuff. He was doing stuff when he was in England still uh, in the media, which I think was uh, horrendous. But anyway... um, he he's you know there's money going to be freed up. I think Robin Fraser is a great move forward if you're going to uh, get a coach uh, in Major League Soccer. Uh, I think they've got a, a very astute and very thoughtful man who is a great man. Uh, I love him uh, honestly. He's one one of the nicest people you could ever meet, um, and, and I'm delighted that he's back in a head uh, coaching role. Feel sad feel sad for uh, Connor Casey though, um, who knows the organization inside and out. Being there during the good times as a player, uh, helped them win uh, MLS Cup 2010 uh, as a player, uh, and then got a really good record uh, for the rest of the season when he took over from Anthony Hudson over the past three and a half, four months. Um, but, so I probably feel a little bit hard done by for him. Uh, I'm not sure what his future is, but the team is solid. You know, it's got a solid spine and um, and fair play to to, to uh, Colorado. They came in and were much a better team in the first half. There's no question in my mind that there was only one team in this. Um, RSL had possession, but the counter-attacking of, um, of uh, Colorado, um, 15 shots I think they had in the first half, four on target. Right, that's correct. Uh, I think what, what this game told us, and it obviously changed in the 88th minute and RSL were able to capitalise on it, uh, in the 88th minute, uh, before I get to my point, Kai Kamara red-carded for a high boot on Brooks Lennon. He uh, was sent to the showers early, and then it was all downhill mm-hmm. for uh, for Colorado after that. Schwal Plata entered the game. We'll talk more about him in the not-so-distant future because he was uh, well. He was the man of the match. He came on in the 68th minute and really turned the game on its head, creating uh, a number of opportunities and eventually getting uh, rewarded with a penalty after his attempted cross hit uh, the forearm of Lalas Babaka, one of the centre-backs for uh, Colorado, 1-0. And then uh, Albert Rusnak made this very impressive uh, run, dancing around a handful of Colorado rapid defenders before finding himself on the baseline, playing a very simple, slow ball on the ground, which found the foot of Jefferson Savarino to make it 2-0 right at the death. So two goals in a matter of uh, two or three minutes. 
put this game out of reach for Colorado. But, yes, I'd agree. Well, I think what we saw and what I was going to talk about was um, the identity that RSL's created under Freddy Juarez has been a possession-based identity, in my opinion anyway. I think it's pretty obvious that they're trying to control the ball a lot more and wear opponents down as the game goes on. What we saw against Colorado is if there's no movement happening in the attacking third, then playing a possession-based style doesn't get you anywhere. Um, There was no movement, in my opinion. I think Colorado did a very good job, and credit to them, of closing down passing lanes and uh, closing down space for the likes of Ruznak and Krylak and Sam Johnson to kind of create. And um, it was a game played solely on on Colorado's terms until the 88th minute. So um, hopefully the, the film speaks to the players and to the coaching staff and they and they realize that uh, playing a possession style is all fair and well but if if there is no movement happening ahead of the play and there are no passing lanes to kind of to kind of like, like put it this way Nader Monoha had 57 passes in his own half because the ball was just constantly being kicked around the back line uh, as there was nothing happening above the uh, in front of the football so um I think RSL, quite frankly, were fortunate to get the three points in the end. They were mm-hmm. uh, they were deserving of a loss. Um, maybe you could argue they were probably deserving of, of at least a point. But uh, they came away with three, and it was because of the red card in the end. That kind of changed the game um, drastically. With that being said, though, uh, Kai Kamara really didn't have much of an impact. Um, it's just they went to man down. And when you go man down, then uh, you find yourself defending tirelessly and uh, RSL dominated the final five ten minutes of the ball and were able to uh, to, to penetrate Tim Howard's goal accordingly so um, I guess tip your hat to Freddy Juarez don't you it wasn't a perfect game plan by any stretch but he picked no. up another three points yeah absolutely I mean three points is, is all that matters right now I still think that RSL need to win out at home um, to have any chance to to be uh, not only in the playoffs, but home field advantage. If you really want realistically to have home field advantage, we have to get nine points in the in the last three home games that we have to get us up to 52. And we're still going to need some results on the road. It's going to get tough this weekend uh, going up against a really good team in the uh, the Timbers. But you beat the Timbers, and not only are you putting pressure on them, but you're putting pressure on the teams below you. Um, because you're not dropping points, you know it's not rocket science. But yeah, this this is it was a huge three points for Real Salt Lake. I was I was worried if we if we only got a point uh, against Colorado, it sounds dumb. But you're sat on 41 instead of 43. You're in the playoffs just, and you're looking over your shoulder at FC Dallas and uh, and Portland Timbers, and you want to be the one that's looking further down. You're looking for a little bit of breathing space. Uh, and an opportunity to uh, to solidify that home field advantage. And credit to the lads, they they uh, they 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 stuck to the task. They got a little better. Um, obviously, much better when the, the red card went down. I think things happen better when you have a natural winger, a left winger, instead of a Krylak or a, a Rusnak that are swapping repeatedly, or or, or a Savarino coming over to the left hand side. Um, with the formation that RSL plays, you need two wide men. You need two wide forwards. It's not um, Krylak. Never has been, never will be. 
obviously we know that the best work that Savarino does is on the right-hand side, not the left-hand side, even though he can do a job and it's good to, to mix things up a little bit. But Albert Rusnak, he's not a wide player for me. I know he's played it in Holland. I know he plays it for his national team a little bit differently. pinches in very tight um, because in his position right now is Marek Hamsik. Yeah, he's not um, taken over it, that, is he? Not, well, not yet. I mean, he's the heir apparent, obviously, but he's got more speed and more guile out, out wide than, than Marek Hamsik. So I understand we should be playing him narrower, but at the same time, on the left-hand side, Corey Baird is out uh, on suspension, but you've got Joao Plata and Bofo Salcedo, fit and raring to go. And um, I, I, I think we looked better when, when Joao came on. Um, very fresh, obviously, when, when players are getting tired. Altitude didn't come into it, but, you know, 18 minutes into a game, players are going to be tired. Joao uh, has looked good when he's come off the bench. I think he deserved the start, to be honest with you, and I think we may have been talking about a slightly different game um, uh, that, than with regards to, to what happened and how late things happened. Well, if you're not taking Demir out, you're not taking Ruznak out, you're certainly not taking Everton Louise out, who's mm-hmm. been in my opinion, the best player for Real Salt Lake over the course of the season. Um, it's been great. He's been really, really good. Um, you're probably going to take Carl Beckerman out, mm-hmm. um, which leads us to our next point, um, or our, our next topic of conversation, I should say. And it's a tricky one because Carl's beloved within the community. He's been Absolutely, a, a and guy, rightly so. a, a, and rightly so. He's been a guy that's been around the club for so many years now. He's established himself. He's had his time... With the national team, he's he's become a fan favourite, much like Nick Romando has. And um, but I think it's fair to say that Carl Beckerman is not half the person he once was out on the soccer pitch. He's slowed down drastically. His decision making isn't quite as fast as it once was, and he seems occasionally overwhelmed by the situation. Now, with all that being said, I would also like to add that. Carl Beckerman's playing a different role than we've seen over the last couple of years. He's staying back in a defensive position and allowing Everton Louise to play higher up the ground. Whereas I feel, I feel as though over the over the last two or three years, in particular, he's played quite high at times. So I and I think he's played okay as well at times this season. He's done mm-hmm. a nice job defensively, kind of solidifying the centre of the park and stopping any counter attack or potential counter-attack when RSL turns the ball over in their attacking third. But over the weekend, it seemed like he was playing a lot higher. In my opinion, anyway, I could be wrong, but but from what I was seeing, Beckerman was trying to get the ball in parts of the ground that we haven't seen him try and get over the course of this season. So um, if that's the case, I, th- I don't think he's the player for the job. I think Demir and, and Everton Louise are the two players. Everton sits slightly behind Demir who then tries to create, and then occasionally Demir will find himself behind Everton, who has the ball and running at defenders with speed and skill. So, um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think there should be a two defensive midfielders uh, at home. Let me let me say that. I don't think we should be playing two defensive midfielders at home. I think the onus is on us to, um, to attack uh, and, and take advantage of home field and, and, and maximise your points there. Um, I can understand it if an LAFC come in. I get it. Um, but on the road, I would understand a, a lot more. Two defensive midfielders, you're looking to fight. Um, and, and I thought he had a great game against Sporting Kansas City uh, on the road. Um, but when you are looking at an Everton Louise, 
who is a true number six, a true Brazilian number six, somebody that is aggressive in the tackle, very, very much a protector, gets the ball, can work both ways, um, not classy on the ball, but he can move the ball. He's got great engine on him, but he can also knock it simple to a Demir Krajic, to an Albert Rusnag, to a Savarino, to um, a Joao Plata, both a Sosero, Corey Baird, all the outside backs to get them uh, uh, you know, moving forward. Um, a great protector uh, with with the two centre halves that we have as well. Whoever starts there, whether it be Justin, Ned, or um, Marcelo. Um, but I think at home, Demir Krylak um, is not your typical number eight. He's more of a eight ten. He's much more comfortable higher up the field. Um, uh, but then you are shoehorning him in as a number eight uh, with Albert to make sure that Albert's in his best position if you're going to have Sam Johnson and have your outside players. Um, the team kind of picks itself for me right at this moment in time when you're at home, and it hasn't happened enough for me. Um, it's going to be interesting this offseason. Kyle's contract is up, uh, and um, it's tough because you get sentimental. Um, you know... Um, when players are going to leave, you kind of understand it, you, you get it. Um, it's not, I would say, been handled brilliantly by the club in the past. Nick Romano getting a farewell tour is, um, okay, great. I'm not into it myself. Liverpool fan, I had to watch Gerard get older, get slower, become less effective, well, drop, deeper into, drop deeper and deeper. And um, the contract was running out. And they didn't make an excuse to offer him a new contract. He found another opportunity to come to Major League Soccer. Something has to happen with Kyle. Um, less games. Um, someone has to come else. Uh, someone else needs to come into the middle. Whether that's Demir Krylak long term, whether that's Nick Beasley long term, uh, Ricardo Avila, Kellen Rowe. Um, you know whether he extends his contract um, at the end of the, uh, end of the season. Is up for debate. Um, He's still only twenty-seven. I I really like Kellerman, and I think Craig Weibel sees him as a central midfielder. So um, he's played on the wing. He's played fullback. He's played everywhere. Uh, But he is a really good player, uh, and I'm disappointed we didn't get to see him off the bench um, towards the end of the game. But I mean, there there has to be decisions that are made, um, not through sentiment. Through, are we going to challenge LAFC? Are we going to shrink the gap? Uh, between these two teams right now, which I believe is 22 points. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's really tw- is ridiculous. It's 22 points. And, and um, I mean, no, it's, it's, uh, it's 19 points. My apologies. It's a lot. It's a lot of points. To, to shrink that gap and get away from that chasing pack, because right now we're right in the middle. We might be second, but you're right in the middle of the pack. It's 43 points, and there's a couple of teams on 43 points, then 42, then 41. Unreal. I mean, I've never seen anything like it. It's, ver- um, it's very exciting. It really is exciting. But you want that little bit of extra help to get you where you want to be, which is home field advantage in the playoffs, avoiding LAFC <laughs> as long as possible. We've done LAFC in the playoffs in LA. Um, so there's no no reason to be to, to be worried about it. But there is, I mean, there's, you just need a little bit more. And, and the squad has had so many players that have been out. Jordan Allen out. Tony Beltran has been out all season, and I fear for him. Um, Luke Mulholland hasn't played. Um, you know, there's, Nick Romano is going to be going. There's going to be money 
to be spent, but where is it going to be spent? It, everybody is really into the academy. You know, Douglas Martinez, Dougie Fresh, doing very well with the uh, with the Monarchs. I'm expecting him to come up uh, and have a, a Real Salt Lake contract right before the ankle injury for Ricardo Avila. We were going to make that move permanent. He's only on loan and a, a Real Salt Lake contract. So there's going to be some movement there, and these are two really young, really excellent players that I think should be playing uh, valuable minutes in Major League Soccer at this moment in time. Well, I just think, uh, going back to the Beckman thing quickly, uh, every professional player, no matter the sport you play, wants to go out on top. Mm-hmm. Uh, suggesting that you, you don't want to be one of those guys that sticks around, keeps taking up contract, keeps eating money from the club, and you're not providing. And I think what Carl's done this year, uh, for me anyway, he's exceeded expectations with his play. I was somewhat nervous, I must admit, prior to the season starting, that maybe Kyle wasn't going to fulfill his his expectation or his duty as captain of Real Salt Lake in the in the manner of of which he played, but I have I have been surprised. I I will admit, and I do think he's held his role. Although, uh, mm-hmm. with all that said, I don't think he's capable of coming back another year. I think now's the perfect time. Your one of your best friends, I imagine, in Nick Romando, is hanging up the boots. You've been with Nick for many years, um, especially at RSL. They've been with one another for, I mean, it's, it's like it's, it's both of their 20th MLS season. They haven't spent all of them at RSL, but they've they've spent, what, 15 of them at RSL? 13 Boy. for Nick, and I think it's probably 12 or 13 for, for Kyle as it, well. It's a lot of seasons together, so this would be a great time to mm-hmm. to hang the boots up and and uh, move on to whatever the next chapter is. So um, I think the game against Colorado was, was eye-opening, for me anyway, um, that probably Nick is is coming towards the end of his career and he doesn't have another one in him. He, his legs are gone. And uh, and again, I'm not saying that uh, he can't play a decent brand of football going forward because he's proven to be able to do so. So uh, hopefully he can rebound and, 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 and play nicely throughout the last seven games and... If we make the playoffs, he can have an impact there as well. We'll take our one and only timeout. It'll be about 30 seconds, I promise. There's uh, some more supporter news. Uh, There was a clash that's happened uh, after the game against Colorado that's worth a a small discussion. We'll talk about the games left on the schedule, Freddy Juarez and his coaching ability, where it stands currently. And, of course, a look ahead to Portland. Be back soon. Welcome back to the Lions Den. Tom Hackett spent a warn with you guys on uh, a beautiful week here in uh, Salt Lake City, Utah. Summer slowly but surely coming to an end. The uh, winter is coming, as they say in Game of Thrones, uh, which maybe I shouldn't reference anymore because that didn't have a good ending from what I'm told. But uh, regardless, uh, we've got a bit to talk about in this second segment uh, we'll start with the supporters, Spenno. We had a we had a pretty interesting conversation last week. If you if you missed, um, if you missed it, go back to last episode. We were talking uh, at large about the supporting group down in uh, in the South End Zone and how there are really three groups kind of working against each other. Um, I think it's fair to say when it comes to chance and 
creating an atmosphere. I, 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 I met a guy by the name of Will who, um, and I met him a few weeks ago, but I had a conversation with him and it wasn't all that long, but it, it was, it was fascinating. He's, he's one of the guys behind trying to create, um, a, a loving atmosphere in the South End Zone as opposed to what we have now. Uh, trying to unite is the word I'm looking for. He's trying to unite the uh, three supporter groups together because um, you've got the guys with the drums, the guys below them, and then uh, the guys that wear um, all black. They're always in, in black. Um, and I still don't know the name. Do you know the names of them? I can't remember them. Yeah. Sorry, sorry guys. Sorry. We'll get them, and then we'll actually use them properly next time. We should. We should. In fact, we should. One of these days, whether it's this year or or next, uh, have some of those guys on to talk. Oh, actually, about, I'd like that to have to have a conversation about yeah. kind of where they stand and their beliefs and why they do what they do. I think, I think it, it's fascinating. So anyway, there was a clash, I guess, after the game, and um, the the guys that wore all black, and then the the folks that played the drums, I guess, got into a bit of an argy bargy. Uh, outside of the south end zone and uh, needed to be separated, which is never a good, uh, never a good thing, especially when you're all supporting no. the same team. And, and I was speaking to this this fella by the name of Will, who works for RSL, and um, he said he's been doing so much behind the scenes work when it comes to collaborating these these supporter groups. And on on Saturday evening after the game was done and the, the clash was kind of happening between the the groups. He just felt like it, it was all for nothing and that uh, he was back to ground zero. Square one, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Square one. And I mean, to be honest with you, I mean, I mean, I, I used to go to games all the time back home in England and I, you know, I can't stand some Liverpool fans. I really can't. I mean, it's just, you know, what you, your values, what you stand for, whatever. It's just the same thing in, in normal life, right? I mean, you just get on with certain people, you and me get on. We, we mutually hate Trev. Love you, Trev. Just kidding. No, we no, we're not. Uh, all right, no, kidding. okay, all right. Um, he farted in this chair three times before <laughs> I sat in it. You kidding? Stop moving because it keeps coming out Sorry. of the foam, seeping. Delayed, delayed guff. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, I mean, uh, so I get it. I mean, you're not going to agree. Um, I know there's some issue of security trying to get um, the shut up, Alexi banner taken out of the South Goal, and, and the fans rightly so saying this isn't political jog on so to speak um there's some other things that have been going on in that south goal i will say though during the game the south goal looked fantastic yeah it no, was it's bouncing full. It's full. it was bouncing and it looked really good same with section 35 that that uh, section was super full as well i want to see more of that i think you know i would love to have seen it against lafc it was full but it wasn't bouncing and those lafc fans put rsl fans to shame they brought it and they showed how everyone wanted to do it um, and RSL fans responded to to for the Rocky Mountain Cup against Colorado. I thought it was fantastic. You know what's fascinating, and I'm not well. I know because I know how many people listen to this podcast, or at least download, and it's not mere how many show up to the stadium. But we had this conversation about why why fans don't show up for RSL games, or at least they haven't recently. And there are a number of different factors, but there was like eighteen odd thousand at the LAFC game. Mm-hmm. There were there were there was twenty plus thousand. It was almost a sellout. Almost a sellout for the Colorado game. So, in that sense, there's great improvement, right? We're, we're moving the right, in the right direction when it comes to selling tickets, which mm-hmm. is more than half the battle, in my opinion. But but the, the, where I get stuck 
and I think I'm sure we talked about this last week, but you've got these three groups in the south end zone uh, all trying to support their team, but they chant over each other. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Like why? Why would you? Why would you even go to a game as a as a member of any supporter group and have to battle other supporter groups? There has to be a way. To and it's far more intricate than that, you know. With all the di- there's a there's there's a lot more diversity in Salt Lake City than I once originally realized, right? Mm-hmm. Hispanic population, uh, and then you've got kind of this punk rock group, um, and then and then big time supporters. I mean, it's just there's diversity diversity in, in the state. Um, which is hard because you know there are different languages being spoken and yeah yeah I th- I to be honest with you I mean it, it's it's squarely at the feet of the fans um, pride comes into it um, tradition comes into it a lot of dignity um, and I think to be honest with you the club didn't help the club didn't help when it moved to Rio Tinto Stadium didn't help when it was in uh, Rice Eccles Stadium to build a proper fan culture it didn't help. Um, it's not organic. It's not a club that's been around for a hundred years. You go to Dortmund. You've got the yellow wall. You've got Liverpool. Yeah, I mean, anywhere. Pop. Stratford End at at, uh, at um, Old Trafford. You yeah, know think. where these fans are going to be. Um, we won't mention Everton because they sat, they they hand out plastic flags now, much like Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> plastic clubs. Um, anyway, Carry but, it um, but anyway, you know. I mean, it's organic, but everybody is on the same hymn sheet. Everybody's got the same idea. I mean, and obviously there's plenty of songs to go around in Europe. I mean, been around for, for such a bloody long time. Liverpool's fans are still singing songs from about players from the 60s, 70s. It makes, you know, we haven't got that yet. So there is going to be a bigger uh, catalogue of chants and songs as the years pass by. But until everybody's united in that South goal... Where those songs should be starting, in my opinion, they do start, but they should be in unison the whole South End, so it bleeds around the rest of the stadium. That's where it should be start. They, those guys, for me, are the orchestra, and they are the the, the people that should be um, not only teaching, but they're the ones that should be in harmony with each other. I get it. There's going to be songs that are going to be sp- uh, stung, uh, uh, sung in Spanish. There's going to be songs with a a beat of a drum. Get on board, man. Get on board. As long as it's if it's uh, back in the lads that are on the field or the lasses uh, for for the Royals, whatever it is, just get on and 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 swallow your pride. You have to. That was what I was going to say. Yeah, just get it going because it will sound awesome. This stadium, it's loud when it when it rocks. Right, Champions League football. I t- I say it's every week to be honest with you. And I should probably just stop. But Champions League football, when you come up against a Mexican team. The RSL fans not only come out in droves, they hit, they come out loud. I mean, doing the sideline and you can feel the side, the the, uh, the concourse, the, the the side part where we stand. You can feel that rumble under your feet. Nothing like it. Absolute buzz. And I, I think it's just everybody wants it, but you know, other people have got to want it as well. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think we speak on behalf of everybody, including the supporter groups. You've. Just got to find a way to uh, all get along. And these clashes after games aren't helping anybody. So hopefully one day it will be resolved. I don't think you or I will have much to do with it, Spenno, but uh, it warrants a conversation, I guess. Let's um, change. But I love the work they do. I don't want to say that they're doing a bad job. Sure. And I'd agree with you. 
I, I just, yeah, just all come together and it'll be awesome. It would be awesome, yeah. One love, baby. Yeah, we're in, a, we're in 2019. There's enough hatred in this world already, I think. Uh, we don't need to be adding to it here in Rio Tinto Stadium. But that's just me. No, that's you're right, me. man. You're right. Uh, a look ahead to the game's left, Spenner. We have done it a little bit um, in the first segment. But seven games left, three at home. Uh-huh. Four on the road. You've got uh, a midweek game and then two Sunday games. The other games left at home. So I'm really, really looking forward to that uh, September 25th game for Real Salt Lake, where against the LA Galaxy, which mm. not only is a massive game, Zlatan's in town and and uh, it'll be a sellout. Guillermo Barascalotto, my one of my favorite coaches in Major League Soccer, will be in town. But getting the '09 champs in town. And uh, it's going to be fantastic. And uh, Javier Morales having his name put up uh, in the rafters. Alongside Jason Our Lord Christ. and Savior, yes. Jason Christ. Um, oh, it's just brilliant. I, I just cannot wait for it. And, and this is, um, I mean, I'm going to be buzzing through that. But the bigger deal is getting three points that night as well. There are a couple big games. Oh, there's, they're so, all big now. Well, some more so than others. All right, let, let's 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 go through. Let's go through the, the right. game. So this Saturday, big away, game, big game, massive game, massive game. Just because right now the standings are so tight, you know, maybe in seven games' time, it, it kind of, you know, RSL have a have a nice little buffer. I'm not entirely sure what's going to happen, but right now, massive game. One because Portland are a very good team at home. In fact, they they beat RSL on the road already this season. It was the game I took. Ma and Pa too, they were visiting in town and I took them to that game. I was sitting in section 35 enjoying a nice cold Dr. Pepper and... Uh, Just a DP. Well, that's kind of my uh, secret word for other beverage, if you know what I mean. Oh, cause light? Just a dirty yeah. Dr. Pepper, you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> now we're talking. Uh, stop that, that wasn't me. Uh, <laughs> stop that, Tom. Uh, so, no, Portland's massive game. San Jose, home. Massive. Massive. They're really, really good. Then look at the next game. Minnesota United. <laughs> massive. <laughs> yeah, ma- massive game. You could even argue New England that we can It's after. massive because i tell you why it's massive. You're playing on turf and you're playing against Bruce Arena. And Bruce Arena has completely turned right. that team around. They're, I mean, they're, they, that transformation at New England was somewhat similar to what happened at San Jose mid-year with Almeida finally kind of getting things going over there in San Jose. Bruce it, Arena was an immediate impact. It was. It was. And he's he's got, arguably, New England had a better squad than, than San Jose. Um, but e- either way, Brucey boy does what he does, and he takes over something, and it's his identity immediately. You expect him to see moves. They're there or thereabouts in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's going to be a tough one. And then... Galaxy. Right. So that's bloody huge. <laughs> Right, and then the last two games aren't that big. They aren't that big, but there's people that are going to be fighting for their future. Sure, Houston. uh, The games are Houston and Vancouver. Houston's at home, Vancouver on the road. Exactly. So So, massive for the home, tough one for RSL on the last away game. Vancouver again, a plastic pitch. Can't stand it. Whatever you want to talk about. Um, I actually really like the coach, DeSantos. Um, That needs some overhauling again, some tweaking, uh, needs some patience out there. But they'll be wanting to go out on a high against um, and spoil somebody's party um, to help renew season tickets, you know, entice players, whatever you want to do. 
players fighting for their future for for two, for 2020, looking for contract renewals when it comes around at the end of December. So, I mean, these these games are huge. The last two, we've got to be taking four points, if not six, those last two games. The other ones are going to be an absolute battle, but we've got to win out at home 100%. Speaking of head coaches, what about what happened, I think it was after we recorded the podcast last week. With Montreal? Wilma Cabrera getting the axe from Houston after they just... We're on this slippery slope downwards in the Western Conference. And they started the season okay. And uh, yeah. poor old Remy, how do you pronounce his last Remy name? Guard. Guard. Yeah, Remy Guard. Got yeah. the axe, which was surprising, I think. In the playoffs, in the playoff positions at the, at the moment in time. Yeah. Got the axe, and then Wilma Cabrera takes over. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I think Wilma Cabrera, Cabrera is a really good coach. Uh, the U.S. Open Cup winners uh, 2018 for, for for a reason. It didn't work out this season uh, for, for the club at all. Uh, it happens. Um, I'm kind of intrigued. But uh, if I was Remy Gard, I'd, I'd feel pretty hard done by. Oh, yeah, I'd feel, I'd feel horrific. Um, all right, let's uh, swiftly move forward with some uh, oh, serenading nice. music here. Yeah, this always reminds me of Titanic. Oh, it reminds me of uh, Halo. Oh, right. How good was Halo back in the day? Oh, it was Some great. people still play it. Yeah, I used yeah. to play on PC. Really? Yeah, during IT class. Oof. We'd be in uh, computer class and uh, we'd all get on the Halo. Don't know how we got away with it. Uh, I guess back then, teachers still didn't quite understand. Was that in Australia or in Japan? Ja- Australia. Okay, they're probably more easy going. If it was Japan, you'd expect a samurai across the back of the head, right? I guess, yeah, I guess. Samurai, <laughs> samurai across the back of the head, you're dead. Those those swords are sharp. Not, not the blunt side. Not the, uh, sharp, the sharp side. Blunt side. Right. Maybe. Anyway. I don't know. One, one in the uh, Ashes series. England, Australia in the cricket. Oh, stop. Benjamin Andrew Stokes. What did he end up with? 135, not out. Is that the highest he's ever scored in a test match? I'm not sure. Out of the 800s he's got, though, three of them have come uh, from against Australia. Unbelievable. I love it. We had you okay. all out for 67. I know. We had no right. We had no right coming back in that test series. Unbelievable. Anyway, people don't know what we're talking about. So, Brilliant, uh, isn't it? <laughs> not. Uh, score predictions. And look at that. It's run out. Play again, will you? There you go. Uh, why don't you go first? You want you? me to go first? Because I always go first. Because right, when it's the right. two of us, you just like toss it over. But yeah. I'm, I'm just going to allow you to get this out okay. of the way. Um, I'm, I'm going to go. No, I'm just kidding. I was going to say it. <laughs> oh, is that what you were going to say? Well, because they beat us 2-1 at home. Okay. So I'm just going to flip the script and say 2-1 up there at Providence Park, which, by the way... Looks great. Looks really, really good. I mean, apart from the crappy turf. The plastic pitch, uh, the actual yeah, I love that. stadium itself Yeah, I love is, it. They've got a lovely place. And they're loud, and the supporters get along, and it's like a really tall I would love. Too. I'd love the drop. Uh, dropkick uh, Timber Joey though the, the guy that just cuts off the bits of wood bits of log yeah like the Amazon rainforest is on fire right now yeah, have a bit of respect we're trying to save the planet not kill it exactly anyway um, so 2-1 I'm going to go 2-1 yes and uh, I don't know who's going to score to be honest with you I really don't I, I guess I'll, I'll go um, I think Albert's going to score he didn't score last last match against the Rapids he's normally due for one every two games it feels like nowadays and Maybe Krylak gets on the end of one too, but I'd love Sammy J to get one as... I don't know. 
I'll go. I'll go. Albert and Sam to school. Albert and Sam. I think. Um, I think Carl Beckerman is suspended. I think. I know we got a yellow card. I thought he was on yellow card accumulation warning. So um, I didn't look at the notes. I don't have a laptop, guys. Sorry. Um, but I think he was on uh, yellow card accumulation. But we will have Corey Baird and Aaron Herrera back, which is nice. What do you make of Brooks Lennon at right back? I thought over the past couple of games that he played right back, he'd actually done quite well. Still provides a ton of energy. It wasn't his night. I don't think either fullback, to be honest with you, helped out enough. I but thought Donny Toy got off to a good start. Crossing was poor. But he's, yeah. I think both of them have had, had better games. Um, I'm going to go 2-2. You're going to pick up a point. Pick up a point. Uh, I think this team is really good. Um, RSL have not had a ton of luck up in Portland in the past. Um, I'm assuming if Kyle Beckerman is suspended. Well, I'm on RSL.com right now, and I don't know if it's been updated. Everton Louise and Kyle Beckerman both have eight yellow cards on the year. Herrera has seven. Bofo Salcedo and Corey Baird are on six apiece. So, um, according to RSL.com, eight and eight for Louise and Beckerman. Well, let me look. I'm going to pull up the uh, the uh, notes from um, the weekend. Play the music again. For crying oh, out. Well, well, oh, sorry, I was, well, I was nervous. I feel like we've been playing it a lot. I like it when we play it a lot. Do you? And it adds a different element to the show, I guess. No, yeah, it does. Beautiful. So it does, on the notes, it says... Um, Nick Beasley, Corey Baird, whatever. They were both suspended. I don't know if it had been updated then. Um, oh, that's the LAFC one. That's not the one I should be looking at. This is at. horrible podcasting. Spenner. It's terrible, aren't we? We're really we crap. We talked about the Ashes, and nobody knows what the Ashes are. They think we're talking about somebody's dead grandfather or something. It's true. I'm actually in the right notes now. I'm not in the LAFC okay. notes. Uh, I'm actually in the Colorado notes now. Um, yeah, uh, Beesler, who's out with a broken foot anyway, whatever. Uh, hopefully he heals. No surgery needed for him, which was a positive. Beckerman, Everton Louise, and both of us, were on next yellow card warning. I believe Everton Louise was not booked, but Kyle Beckerman was in the second half. So I'm expecting Kyle not to be there. If so, I'm really, really hoping either Justin Portillo or Demir Krylak drops into the midfield with Everton Luis and we go more traditional Bofo left Corey left uh, Joao Plata left uh, and the rest picks itself 2-2 2-2 who, and do you know who's going to score? Uh, Sammy J is always good for good for one and uh, Abel Rusnak Rusnak like I said he didn't get one against always Colorado, a threat always so a threat probably due uh, I'm going to tell you who got yellow carded Real quick, before we get out of here. Play the music again. Uh, Beckerman did pick up a yellow card. Thank you. In the 74th minute for unsporting behaviour, Brooks Lennon was uh, the other recipient. That happened eight minutes in uh, for unsporting behaviour again. So uh, just the two yellow cards for RSL over the weekend, while, boy, Colorado had four with a red card. Yeah. So five total cards. Kai Kamara, obviously. Uh, in the 89th minute. Uh, Loves Chipotle, does old uh, Kai Kamara. Carry you, on. You mentioned that. How, yeah. do you, how do you know? He tweets about it all the time. Right. By the way, uh, Sam, right. Sam Johnson. Yeah, I'm all right. Sorry. Jeez. Can we uh, just cut the music now? Yeah, sorry. Sam Johnson and uh, the car he bought. The Camaro with the Lamborghini doors. 
Yeah, he put the wrong doors on because I was speaking to somebody in the club and he said, well, if you watch the videos, by the way, you've got to go follow Sam on Instagram. Yeah, you do need to. A great follow. But if you go on, you can find, it was in his story, so maybe you can't see it anymore, but I'm sure he's put up a, a photo. He has to actually hold the doors up because they're not normal doors that come out. They go up, you know, the fancy yeah. doors. Yeah. And he, because he put the Lamborghini doors on a Camaro, he has, he has to uh, hold the door up. Like the door doesn't stay up, apparently. But it's a cool-looking car. It's a gold Camaro. It's really sexy. <laughs> but he has to hold the doors up, so he kind of looks stupid. Anyway, uh, that's a great passage of conversation to end the show. Spenno, uh, until next week, best of luck on the call. This uh, You're not on the call. No, I'm not on the call. Pre-post and uh, half-time, ESPN yeah. 700. First time I think I've given him a plug on this. <gasps> But I'd uh, I'd recommend uh, the television, uh, DJ. Wow, DJ, and uh, but like pre-game, halftime, post, check out the radio, and oh, but don't forget KSLSports.com as well. Uh, we live stream the games for all of you out there that that can't quite watch it. You're not in front of a television set, and it's not just RSL. You can catch Royals, Monarchs, and Real Salt Lake on KSLSports.com, RSL.com, or the KSL TV app found wherever you download your apps. Until next time, we say so long and goodbye.